Yes, so our scripture reading today is the story of the prodigal son from Luke chapter 15. I'll be reading verses 1 through 3 and 11 through 32. Please stand in body or in spirit as we listen for a word from God. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow, he welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a young man who had two, or a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come home, and your father has filled the fatted calf, killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. So his father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, You killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, son, you are always with me, and all 
that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Brian, for reading that. That story that is so familiar, but every time we hear it, there's an opportunity to hear more levels of depth and interpretation. I want to uh, thank Jane and Luke and Miriam for leading our congregation in the statement of welcome. I'm particularly moved by the statement of welcome that ends like this. If you believe in God some of the time, or all of the time, or you just are not sure, you are welcome here. That's such an honest statement. And such a gracious understanding of faith. Faith is not certainty. Faith is, is a trust that somehow God is God and we'll be all right in God's care. In the last few years, I have begun greeting people at funerals and weddings with something like this. I trust that we come from various faith traditions or no faith tradition at all. You are welcome here. And then I say, this will be a Christian service and I invite you to, be a, uh, to participate as fully as you are willing in this service, but know that we believe all people are the beloved of God. By the way, has anybody told you today that you're the beloved of God? Let me be the first. You are beloved sons, beloved daughters. After those funerals and weddings, someone usually comes up to me and says, thank you for acknowledging people who don't have faith. Thank you for letting me be welcome here because I don't consider myself a, Christ, myself a Christian and I don't, I don't know if I believe in God. And I'm so grateful for those people at those weddings and funerals who tell me that and who are honest. And I usually, if I sense that they are open to a conversation, I'll say, Tell me about the God you don't believe in. And they start telling me. Well, I don't believe that God is a white man with a white beard reaching down through the clouds like the Sistine Chapel. And I say, yeah, I don't believe in that God either. I don't believe in a God, they say, who allows bad things to happen or does bad things to punish people. And I say, yeah, I don't believe in that God either. They'll say, I don't believe in a God who would exclude anyone. And I say, yeah, I don't believe in that God either. And then they have this look on their face. It's almost consistent. And, and I can tell they're thinking, 
well, what kind of God do you believe in? Because I'm realizing they think that's the only God there is. And other God images they haven't really thought about. They're basing their faith on a God image that maybe their parents or their grandparents had, or maybe the church they grew up in, or maybe even worse, they're getting that God image from TV or movies, which usually have a God image that is awful and fragile and one-sided, kind of a straw man that the TV show can just poke holes in. Today's scripture offers us a God image that is so important. If this were the only God image that we ever hear, it would be enough. This passage from the Gospel of Luke is often described as the Gospel within the Gospel. There is nothing more essential in Jesus' teaching than this story, this God image, which confounded the people of Jesus' day. And if we really listen with the ears of our hearts, it confounds us too. Jesus tells the story of a man and two sons. The younger son says, I want the inheritance now. Now, in biblical times, that was such an affront, such an indignity given to the father that is, it's embarrassing, it's unspeakable disrespect. It's saying to the father, I would rather you be dead so that I can have your money. And in biblical times, that was beyond insulting. And all of the townsfolk would have heard what that younger son just said to his father. You could hear people whispering, can you believe he said that to his father's face? That he would rather his own father be dead so that he could have the money. And even more embarrassing, the father, he gave it to him. You know the story, the younger son blows the money, ends up feeding the pigs, comes to his senses and realizes that he's made the mistake of a lifetime. And he comes back to the father, practicing his speech. I'll say to my father, I've sinned against you. I've made mistakes. I don't want you to take me back as your son. I just want to work as a farmhand on your farm. I'm willing to do whatever menial jobs, manual labor you have for me. He's rehearsing the speech. And before he can even give it, the father sees him coming and runs to embrace him. Friends, this is, this is unheard of in Jesus' day. 
that a father who has been so disrespected, who has sold a portion of his farm to pay off the younger son who just irresponsibly blew all the money and insulted his father. The father is running, not waiting for the son to make it back, not even waiting to hear any words of remorse or confession. This father is running towards the son, embracing the son, not even listening to the speech the son has rehearsed, calling for a party to start happening in the house. This is the God image that Jesus wanted people then to hear and wants us to hear. This is a God who can only love God's children no matter what they have done. The older brother is out in the field, getting more angry by the minute. He has done everything right. He has followed all the rules. He has been a dutiful son. But the soft underbelly of his pride in doing everything right, has given way to resentment. And he cannot bring himself to come into the house to be in that party, in that celebration, even in the presence of his father. He has grown judgmental. He has grown resentful. He has grown angry. Henry Nouwen, in his wonderful book, Return of the Prodigal, says, the church is usually more aptly depicted as the older brother than the younger one. Because we, especially we who are coming on Sunday morning, praise God we're coming, but we often feel like, well, we're the ones doing everything right. We're following the law, we're obeying the rules, but it's those other people, those younger siblings, they're doing everything wrong, and we run the risk of becoming judgmental older brothers or older sisters who are equally lost from the Father's love and yet equally included in the Father's love. If we were really hearing with the ears of our heart this story of a God image that confounds our sensibility of what is right and wrong, we would weep because we know we're not deserving of that kind of love from that kind of God. But this is the God of Jesus. And the God of love who wants to embrace us when we are the younger brother in our wayward ways 
And this is the God who wants to embrace us when we are the lost older brother or older sister, when we are lost in our judgment and resentment and anger. But the hope is, in this story, we're not meant to stay too long in the role of the younger brother. And we're not meant to stay too long in the role of the older brother. Our call, our vocation, is to become the forgiving, mercy-filled, compassionate mother and father. That's the goal of all who are followers of Jesus. Let's listen with the ears of our hearts as we listen to the voices of the younger brother and the older brother and listen to where we, our story, might fit with their story and their experience. <clears throat> Empty, hollow husks and crusts, treasure spent and spoiled, sorrow, mess, and brokenness. That's what I have to offer you. Hunger drove me then and draws me home. Oh, I confess I have not come for you to heal your broken heart or give you thanks, but only to beg another scrap. And yet you see me not as a beggar or as a thief, but your beloved, lost and found and dear, a cause for rejoicing. How do I bear this grace's weight, this love around my neck, this gift? I don't. I let it lift me up beyond myself, where finally all there is, is you. The words and spirit of the younger brother. Reflections from <clears throat> Steve Garnis Holmes, who also wrote from the perspective of the older brother. And let us listen for our story and our resonance with him. I refuse you. I resent somebody and your love for them. I want to be better. I want to be more deserving. I won't go to your heaven if he's there. He's not my brother. Your kin, but not mine. I denounce your party. I scorn your joy. I won't go in. Yet you come out to me here in the far country of my bitterness. Just like him, I have left your side. Just like him, you invite me back. I am no more worthy, no more loving. He came to that point of turning to you. Uh, I have not come there yet. Will you come, yet you come to me. You offer perfect love. Will I release my resentment? Will I rejoin my kin? Will I come in? Will I come? And our journey, hopefully, ends with becoming 
the forgiving father, the forgiving mother. Let us listen for our story in his words. My beloved, my beloved, come back to me, both of you. You have wandered away from family, and I want you. Come back. My grace I give you, my feast I give you. You are neither sinner nor righteous. You are beloved. You are beloved. Nothing have you earned or forfeited. My love is a gift, all of my love. Come in and feast with me. Silence your impudent mind and come in to me. Here is my joy in you, all of you, together. Let me pour myself out at this table for you. Come, belong to me, be mine. Come, come. Younger brothers, younger sisters, come home. Older brothers, older sisters, Come home, let us together journey to become the father, the mother, filled with nothing but love. Amen.